Good morning, Valley family. Happy Easter. It's here. It's arrived. We are celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the, the event of all events of all human history when Jesus came out of the tomb. And uh, boy, I, I know it's a little different Easter for us this year with uh, uh, stay at home and, and uh, being safe in terms of the coronavirus. And uh, boy, we love you, Valley family. We're praying for you all the time. And uh, you know, it got me thinking about Easter because this is a little bit different, and I'm probably, <laughs> look, I'm probably the most dressed up of anybody watching this right now. You're probably in your footy pajamas and, uh, you know, by the fire drinking coffee or, or something like that. Uh, but, but I started thinking about Easter and, and what direction I felt like just praying. God wanted me to go in, and uh, it's a little bit different, but you know what? This is a little bit different of an Easter celebration. And uh, so, so I want to invite you, go ahead, open your Valley app if you have that, uh, that and, and you're going to be able to follow along, fill in the blanks with the message as we work our way through it today. And, and if you haven't done it before, you can download that in your app store, whatever electronic device that you have, and, uh, and it'll save your notes. You can look back on these. You can watch other messages from the past. Uh, but I want to talk about today specifically and focus our thoughts uh, on this Easter Sunday, on what God does best. What God does best. I mean, God can do anything. And, and, and God can do everything. And that being said, there's, there's something specific, and that's why we celebrate today, that God does best. Maybe even better than anything else. And, and that's what I want to talk about, because here it is. Here, here's the first point. Resurrection is what God does best. Resurrection is what God does best. And, and for our time together, as we look at God's word, I don't want to go to the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, that, that really talk about the resurrection of Jesus. I'm going to go somewhere else instead that also talks about the resurrection of Jesus. And, and that's the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, starting in the ninth verse, chapter 1, of the book of Revelation. Look at what it says. John, the Apostle John, is writing this, and he says, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and the kingdom and patient endurance that, that are ours in Jesus, was on the Isle of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus on the Lord's day. I was in the Spirit, that's a capital S, Holy Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Now let me unpack this for a minute because here's what struck me uh, about, uh, about Easter this year and about the, the difference, how, how different this Easter is than maybe most, is, uh, you know, you and I are not the only ones that have ever been confined to one place. The Apostle John was confined. He was a prisoner uh, most scholars believe at the time of the writing uh, of the book of Revelation, which he wrote, uh, that, that uh, he was probably well into his 80s, maybe even 90 years old. He was the youngest of all the disciples, uh, and, and so much so that, that some scholars believe he was probably in his, maybe even in his early teens when Jesus was crucified, like 15 or so. I guess that's mid-teens, but you know, 15 years old or so. He was the youngest of all of them. 
and he says that he's a companion in suffering. He's on the Isle of Patmos. This is a slave island where, where our prisoners were sent from the Roman Empire. And so just imagine, sometimes we miss what's happening in the book of Revelation. John is, is in his 80s. He's on the Isle of Patmos. He, he's probably, uh, this is a work camp, if you will, prisoner camp on the Isle of Patmos. He's probably having to carry stones in his 80s. You, you know, they would have like a, a leather band around their head and a basket on their back, and they're transporting these stones from one place to another. I mean, this is, this is serious, serious hard time. And here he is, man in his 80s. Think about this for just a minute. Everyone's dead. Peter's dead. He was hung upside down, crucified upside down. Paul is dead, beheaded by Caesar. James is dead. All of the original, they're, they're all dead. Paul wasn't even an original disciple, but so influential. They're all dead. And, and here is John, and he's being isolated quarantined, if you will, you know, on the Isle of Patmos. Most scholars believe this is almost 60 years after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus has been gone for 60 years, almost 63 years. And I think John is just saying, why are you keeping me alive? God, what are you doing? He, he, he's watching Caesar just to destroy and murder the Christian church. And yet it continues to grow, persecuting, putting people to death because of, of they proclaim Jesus Christ as the Lord. And he says, I'm a companion in your suffering for the kingdom. And, and he's waking up day after day, grinding, working, and I think over and over he's saying, what is happening? What is happening, God? Jesus, where are you? Why are you keeping me alive? He's hurting. He's in pain. Everyone he knows is gone. And then he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. On Sunday he said, I took Sabbath. I was able to rest. And I was in the presence of God. And I think probably, like we've talked about in weeks past, I think he was probably even asking God some hard questions. And then he hears a voice. And it's been 60 years since he's heard that voice. And he'll never forget whose voice that is. He hears a voice behind him. A loud voice like a trumpet. And he turns and he sees Jesus. 60 years, Jesus has been gone. Over 60 years since the resurrection. And he sees Jesus. But Jesus is different this time. <laughs> and he begins to describe Jesus' appearance. And it's, it's pretty ghastly if you take it literally. He's got a big, huge sword coming out of his mouth and, and, and everything like that. 
but it so comforted him. Six decades, 60 years after the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus appears to John. You know, resurrection means more in the middle of a crisis. The resurrection of Jesus means us a whole lot more in the middle of a crisis. And Jesus begins to speak. He begins to speak hope in the middle of a crisis to John. And I believe Jesus wants to speak hope, resurrection hope, in the middle of the crisis, this coronavirus crisis, to you and to me today. And look at what he says. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17. John says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. Boy, I I think if we could just hear the voice of Jesus today, he's telling you and he's telling me, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And he goes, He says, I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys to death and to Hades. What are keys used for? Keys are used for unlocking things. And Jesus says, I hold the keys to everything in your life. Jesus says to John, and he says to you and I, I hold the keys to everything in your life that makes it feel like you're going through hell. Jesus said, I can unlock it because of my resurrection power. And I love this, don't miss this. Jesus says, I'm the first and the last. What does he mean there? He means, I'm the beginning and the end And I not only want to be the beginning and the end, but I want to be everything else in between in your life. I want to be at the absolute center of your life because I can help you through this difficulty, John. I can help you through this crisis, John. I I can help you through this challenge that you're facing, John. And he says it to you and me as well. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and Hades. In essence, what Jesus is saying here to John, I think he's saying it to you and I as well. Only I can take your hell and death and unlock them so that you don't have to talk about a resurrection. You can experience a resurrection yourself. Resurrection is what God does best. And I love this, don't miss it. When, Jesus, when, when John sees Jesus, he falls at his feet as though dead. And Jesus is going to bring him words of life that are going to cause resurrection power to come into his heart and give him the strength for what he's about to show the rest of the book of Revelation. I love this. This is is a great Easter passage. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys, Jesus says, 
the, I, I believe this with everything in my heart, that the best way to celebrate Easter is not just looking back on the resurrection of Jesus, but inviting the resurrection power of Jesus into our heart today so that you can experience the resurrection power today. Because resurrection is what God does best. Resurrection is what God does best. And here's the second thing. Resurrection is what I need most. Resurrection is what you and I, this is what we need most. Resurrection is what God does best. And resurrection is what I need the most. So let me ask you this question today. What is it in your life that's dead? Or feels like that is dying? Well, what in my life is dead or feels like it's dying? What are you in the middle of right now that, that's already dead or it's in the process of dying. I, I don't know. I think there's probably a number of things that, if we're real honest right now, in this moment, that we would say, you know, that, that feels like it's dying in my life. Maybe it's uh, dead emotions. You know, one of the things I think that has happened through this challenge is some of us, you know, we just feel like emotionally dead. There's so, been so many roller coasters, highs and lows, and we hear, you know, people suffering, and, and then what about food and the fear, you know, living with fear over a prolonged period of time. It just makes you feel dead emotionally. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you feel dead emotionally, or maybe, maybe dead relationships. You know, this isolation that we had is just so hard, and and. and Thank God for technology and uh, that we can connect with each other like this, Valley. And that's why we do it every day because Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And we're not going to leave you, Valley family. And your time of need, we want to contact you. We're going to be in contact. We'll provide opportunity on a daily basis because we are not going to leave you alone during the middle of a difficulty like this. You're not in this alone. We're with you and we're beside you. And together, we will get through this together. Together. We refuse to leave you to yourself, to face this by yourself. Jesus wouldn't do that, and we're not going to do that to you either, Valley family. Maybe, maybe others you feel like, where are they? Where, where are the people that said they cared about me? Where, where are the people that said they loved me? I hadn't heard from them. No, no, nobody's reaching out. No, I, I feel so isolated. Maybe you feel like dead relationships. Or, or, or maybe dead finances. Unemployment rate just swelling, going through the roof. We know people in our own church family have lost their jobs, creating all kinds of financial hardship. What does the financial future look like? Maybe, maybe dead finances. Maybe dead dreams. You know, I had a, I have a niece that was supposed to get married <laughs> down in Georgia next month and you know, has had to postpone that to August. I, I know other people as well that, uh, you know, major, major plans. Mamas that are pregnant expecting babies and this is not the environment they thought they'd be bringing a, a new child into this world in. You know, dead, dead dreams. A, 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 lot of, uh, a lot of things have changed. It's like someone just shuffled the deck. Or, or, or maybe, maybe it's dead religion. Maybe it's dead religion. Maybe, maybe you're joining us for the first time here at Valley, our online campus. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it's the first time that, that you've connected with any type of church in your life or maybe in a long, 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 long time. I, I just want to speak to you for just a minute, and I just want to say welcome. 
you're our guest. And we're so glad that you're taking the time to be with us here today. And uh, you're, you're always welcome. We, we did this for you. To connect with you, to reach you. And so keep your pajamas. <laughs> you don't have to dress up. We're a come-as-you-are kind of church. And I, I hope you feel welcome today. Dead religion, maybe, it's a, maybe you feel like you've got to be good enough in order for God to love you. That's, that's what religion says. That's not what the Bible says. Maybe you're like, oh, no, I, if I ever walked into a church, man, you, you know, God strike me from dead with a bolt of lightning. No, that's not what the Bible says. That's not who Jesus is. That's what religion says. Maybe you've been separated from God and you're just going through the emotions of some sort of stale religious rituals. You know, religion says that God will love us if we change. That's what religion says. That's dead religion. God will love you if you change. But the Bible tells us that God will change us because he loves us. The total opposite of that. Religion says do. Jesus said done. I've done it for you. All you have to do is receive it. Religion says you've got to keep all these things. You've got to do all these things in order for God to accept you. The Bible tells us God accepts us because of what Jesus has already done. If you could ever be good enough, if I could ever be good enough, there's no reason why God sent Jesus. He, he sent Jesus because none of us deserve forgiveness. None of us deserve to be received by God forgiven by God back in a right relationship with God that's why Jesus came that's why Jesus came to live a sinless life and to lay that life down as a sacrifice for you and for me to pay the price for my personal sins Greg Williams's personal sins your personal sins and that's why he said it is finished on the cross because it had been paid in full how do you know that Greg well, well that's why we're celebrating the resurrection because the grave couldn't hold him. Three days, and he came up out of the grave. There's no more price for my personal sins to be paid. Jesus paid the price when I receive the payment that he gave on my behalf. When you receive the payment that he gave on your behalf, it's a free gift of God. That's why we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and I love this, uh, Romans 8, 11 puts it this way, and if the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit that lives in you. This is what happens when, when, when we receive Christ as our Savior. We say, God, I, I realize Jesus died in my place, and I receive his sacrifice for my sins. Thank you for paying the price for me. In that moment, we're forgiven. The, uh, the, forgive, the slate is wiped clean. The debt is wiped out because of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us and begin to change us from the inside out. And that's what is being talked about here in Romans where it says, and if the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that's a capital S, if the same Spirit who, of Him who raised Christ from the dead is living in you, he, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. 
And, and I love this, how just a different kind of uh, version of the Bible really puts it. It's a little more earthy, uh, a contemporary version of the Bible, the message translation. Same exact verse, Romans eight eleven. but look at it in the message. It says, it stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God and that's who he is right now, even in the middle of a crisis. Remember, Jesus right in the middle of a crisis with John, 60 years later, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead, if he moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. It goes on and says, when God lives and breathes in you, and he does, as surely as he did in Jesus, when we receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. You are delivered from that dead life. See, resurrection is what God does best. Resurrection is what I need most. We're delivered from that dead life. With his spirit, his Holy Spirit living in you, your body will be as, as alive as Christ's. So that's why I say the best way to celebrate Easter is to have your own resurrection. And, and I love what Jesus said to the disciples in, in John chapter 14, verse 19. He said, soon the world will no longer see me, but you'll see me. Since I live, you also will live. Jesus made the promise of resurrection power to his followers. Not, not just one day we'll be resurrected when he returns. Absolutely, we all will be resurrected just like Jesus was in glorified bodies. And boy, isn't that going to be something when, when we have bodies like Jesus. Perfect, flawless, no longer will age. I'm going to have a beautiful head of hair. That's what I just believe. You know, some scholars believe what our glorified bodies are going to be like. They, they think, well, maybe we'll all look like we're 33 years old, uh, just like Jesus was when he was crucified. I'll take 33, man. Ooh, I had some hair. I was nice back then, and, and I, I'll take that. I'll, I'll go back to 33. That'd be fine. But, but Jesus says, since I live, you also will live. Resurrection power, not just for one day in the future, but for right here and now. That's the great promise in, in the book of Revelation. It's such a beautiful, beautiful book. So, here's, don't miss it. First two points we've already covered. Resurrection is what God does best. Resurrection is what I need now. Resurrection power, resur resurrection hope. And here's the third thing that's so important. Resurrection is what Jesus wants for me now. Resurrection is what Jesus wants for me now. There's four ways, real quick, I want to give you four ways that God works resurrection in your life and my life. No matter what the situation is, this is how God works. Because listen, you know, before you can have a resurrection, you know what you have to have? Something has to die to be resurrected. It's better when it's been resurrected. Jesus was, it was even, he was glorified when he was resurrected. And so there has to be some loss, some, some death, some difficulty, some, something broken before he's resurrected. And so four ways that, that God works resurrection. The first one is this, he searches. He's searching for you and he's searching for, he's pursuing you. Jesus is after you. And, and, and listen, some people say, you know, they ask me, well, this coronavirus, is this like God's judgment? Is this God's punishment? I don't know. I, I think those questions may be, I, I think they're too big. They're above my pay grade. 
I don't know that I can answer that. But, but you know what I do know? I see this so clear. God's got a lot of people's attention. God's got a lot of people's attention through this. When, 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 when our sports and our hobbies and our pastimes and, and all the things that we like to do that we run, that we just go, 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 and it looks like it's all so important, but when none of that is possible anymore, we realize maybe those things weren't as significant as I thought they were. And God's got our attention. He's searching for you. He's searching for you. Just like when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, you know, and they hid, uh, God came calling for them. Adam, where are you? Where are you? He came looking for them. They, they, didn't, they were hiding from him. He's like, where are you? Where are you? Jesus is searching for you. That's one of the first things that he does to, b- to bring resurrection. The ways he does it, he searches for you. I love this. Again, back in the book of Revelation, we're there a lot today. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Watch this now. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Anyone. He doesn't say just the good people. He doesn't say just the smart people. He doesn't say just the politically powerful people. He, he says anyone. And that means the, the down, or outer, down and outers and the upper inners, whatever the opposite of that is. He means the wealthy and the poor, the healthy and the sick, every ethnicity. Anyone, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So Jesus is knocking. You hear him? I think he's knocking in the middle of the crisis. I I think he's like, hello. Hello, I'm here. I'm searching for you. Come to me. Come to me. He's knocking. You know, it kind of reminds me of the story of, of pastor in an old country church. Uh, he was going to visit one of the uh, a widow in the church, older woman, and uh, uh, he knocked on the door several times and no answer. He knew she was there. I mean, she, she didn't travel or anything. He knew she was there, and he knocked on the door. She didn't come, and so he actually put a, took out a little post-it note, and he wrote on it. He wrote this verse. Here I am, I stand at, uh, let's go back to the other one. He, he goes, uh, he's, he wrote this verse. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. And he, he wrote that on that post-it note, and he put it on her front door. Because he knew she was home, but she didn't come to the door for some reason. And the next week, in, in the offering, there was an index card, and and the woman had written a verse in response. This widow had, had written a verse in response and put it in the offering. And, and this is the verse she wrote in response. I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. How about that? <laughs> it's, that's just some really, you know they have dad jokes? That's like a pastor joke, and I can tell you didn't really appreciate that much. But uh, just laugh at me anyway. It just, it just encourages me. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So, Jesus is searching. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Here, here's the second way that, that Jesus, that God works resurrection, is that he rescues. Jesus searches, but he also rescues. Some people think that you've got to get your act together before you come to God. But the truth, truth is, you've got to come to God in order to get your act together. 
Listen, if I could get my act together without God, I don't need God. That's why we need him so bad. That's why Jesus came, because we can't get our acts together. We can't do it apart from him. And let me put it this way. Jesus rescues. You know why he rescues? You don't rescue someone or something that's not valuable to you. That's not valuable to you. You will never be able to comprehend how valuable you are to God. You will never be able to comprehend how valuable you are to Jesus. He values you. Jesus was hanging from that cross, paying the price for your personal sins, my personal sins. You know what I think was going through his mind? You're worth it. You're worth this. You're worth it. I love you. And you're worth it. Jesus searches and Jesus rescues. And the third thing Jesus does, how he works his resurrection power, how God does, is that he restores. He restores. Here at Valley Christian Church, again, if you're, if you're joining us as a guest and you've never actually been to one of our services live in, you, you know, uh, in a gathering, uh, I thank God for online campus, but everybody in the Valley family will tell you it's great, but it's, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. And so I'm thankful for this technology. We can still meet through technology. It's going to be really, really fantastic where we can all get together again. And I just invite you to come. Because here's the thing, we have one rule here at Valley Christian Church. One rule. You ready for it? No perfect people are allowed. No perfect people. If, if you're perfect, uh, find a perfect church and tell me when you discover what church that is. Because I want to make sure I stay away from it. <laughs> because if, if, you, if you think you're perfect, let me just say that's, that's pride. That's, you know, you think you don't have any stuff. That's called pride. That's That's your stuff right there. That's why you're not perfect either. I'm not perfect. You're not going to find perfect people here at Valley Christian Church in the Valley family. Nobody's perfect. But but you know what you are going to find? You're going to find God taking ordinary people and working resurrection power that we're getting better. He's restoring us that we're becoming more like Jesus in our character. We're not perfect, never going to be perfect. I still fail daily. Uh, and, and yet the Holy Spirit inside just convicts me and, and pulls me closer to Jesus to become more like him. And so Jesus searches, Jesus rescues, he restores, and, and here's the fourth thing that God does, way that he works resurrection, he redeems. God redeems. I think that's a big question. Can something that's broken be fixed and turned into something useful again? And the answer is yes. That's who we are. Broken, and yet Jesus redeems us. He fixes us, and we're better 
than we ever were without him. That's resurrection power. Not just for someday, but for today. Resurrection is what God does best. Resurrection is what I need most. Resurrection is what Jesus wants for me and for you right now. I, I love this prayer. In fact, our, the f- four core values of our church are based on this prayer. Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit's speaking through him. And he says this to Christians. He says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. God's power released in the life of people who believe in him, that receive Christ as their Savior. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor and at God's right hand in heavenly places. It's not the power of grace, it's the power of Jesus. It's not the power of, of intelligence, it's not the power of politics, it's not the power, you know, some sort of physical power. It's the power of God. He releases resurrection power in our life. And so, Jesus is really, is what God does best, is resurrection. Back to, back to, back to Revelation Toward the end of the book, I love this, Jesus kind of reaffirms who he is and he states it again to John and this is what he says, Revelation chapter 21, and he also said, it's finished. Sound familiar? He said that before. I am the Alpha and the Omega. What, what is that all about? Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet, Omega is the end, last one. And, and he's not just saying, I'm the A and the Z. He's like, and uh, the inference is there, I'm also the B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, L, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y. I'm all of it. I'm all of it, John. I'm all of it. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of the book and every page in between. He wants to be the center of my life. He wants to be the center of your life right now and from this day forward. To all who are thirsty, everyone, there it is again. Don't miss this now. I give freely, freely. You don't don't have to earn it because we sure don't deserve God's forgiveness. It's a free gift that he gives to you and me because of Jesus Christ. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And so, if I could put it all together, what is resurrection? Here it is. Resurrection is what God does best, it's what I need most, and it's what Jesus wants for me now. And it's what he wants for you now as well. It's what God does best It's what you and I need the most. And resurrection is what Jesus wants the most. He wants it for you and me right now. A little different Easter message. It's a little different day. It's a little different Easter. But I hope these words have just really brought you comfort, strength, 
But more than my words, you know what's really going to bring you comfort and strength today? Jesus. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was and is and is to come. And he brought strength and understanding and power to John in his isolation. And Jesus wants to do that for you today. Exactly the same way. So I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word that speaks right into the very situation that we're facing, even in the middle of this current coronavirus crisis. Lord, thank you for the hope that we can find in, in Jesus because of his sinless life and his sacrificial death and his resurrection from the dead. Lord, that we can find forgiveness and not only is the promise of future resurrection one day given to us, but that you want to release resurrection power in our lives today. And so Father, we just receive your grace and your resurrection power today. Your grace to walk through this difficulty and to come out on the other side because you promised you'd never leave us, you'd never forsake us. Lord, I thank you that we really are a valley family and we're not going to leave one another. We're not going to forsake one another. But we're going to stand strong together and look at and keep our focus and eyes upon Jesus. And we're going to receive the resurrection power that he has for us today. Now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to, um, I just want to, even even your 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 living room wherever you're watching I just invite you just just close your eyes right now. I want to give you an opportunity. If if you've never prayed and received Jesus Christ as your savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so I've actually just we're, we're going to put up a prayer and I want to lead you through a prayer. And, and I'm asking everyone watching this right now, just in your home, wherever you are, maybe you're, you're an essential worker and you're on a break, in a break room, I just, I just invite you to say this with me right now. Every single person who's watching this, right where you are, every single person, and, and just pray this prayer after me right now with your heart open to God. Just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from them today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. And today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Release your resurrection power in my life. I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward, and I will follow you. Amen. Amen.